Hey, Jonathan's and Jonathanites, it's Jason Desmond from the Jonathan Collective with yet another interesting discussion on what's up with that. This is where we question, we learn, and we grow. And remember, subscribe, like, and comment below. Comment especially because we love hearing from you. Maybe it's just about something that we talked about before, or if there's something that you want us to talk about, well, do get in touch. We love hearing from you. Now, I love um, figures and facts and whatnot right now. Uh, back in 2019, a survey showed that Malaysians were one of the highest spenders in the world when it comes to buying books. In fact, Malaysia was titled a world book capital in 2020. But do we Malaysians actually read these books? We may buy a lot of them, but do we read them? Has the reading culture gone or at least gone digital? How can we bring reading back? And why aren't we reading enough? Seriously, what's up with that? Now, to get us into the reading mode are two, they call them themselves book nerds. I didn't call them that. And to get me, at least, into the reading habit, because Lord knows I need to read more, uh, is Hani Ahmad, an uh, old friend of mine that I've known for yongs, and we keep bumping into each other here, there, and everywhere. And I'm like, hey, and after we disappear for like years. But um, Hani is, uh, of course, a Malaysian scriptwriter, podcast host for Two Book Nerds uh, Talking, and uh, also from uh, Two Book Nerds Talking is her co-host, her podcast co-host, Dana Young, social media manager. Uh, hello, ladies. How are y'all doing? Alive. <laughs> That's all we can hope for nowadays, isn't it? My God, the numbers are crazy. Yeah. yeah no, I've stopped looking because, you know, it just, yeah, because somebody would actually share on WhatsApp. I don't even have to seek for the numbers. Yeah, no, that, that person would be my mom in my case. <laughs> my mom is my social media manager. She, she does all this stuff for me. Like, Jay, have you seen this? And I'm like, oh my goodness. But uh, are you guys, uh, how are you guys feeling about the pandemic? Uh, Diana, how are you handling things? You guys, so the podcast is your part-time thing, obviously, right? You guys have to do other things. So how has it affected work, Diana? The work has pretty much gone non-existent because <laughs> we can't open and yeah, so we're at home and yeah, so <laughs> I haven't really had much to do since the beginning of the year. So yeah, we've been doing podcast stuff. So that's yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a full-time thing. I'm like, I don't know where my radio job ends and my podcasting starts and then my studies, everything's just a blur, right? But honey, how are, how are things with you, man? I mean, like the industry is like, you know? You know, strangely enough, because um, I, I actually got back into full-time script writing last year. Right. Because, you know, I mean, I, I run Fractionist um, Media before yeah. because we did food events. But of course, forget it lah. Are yeah. we going to do a fried chicken event lah, right? Yeah. <laughs> like with yeah. the pandemic. So we've hibernated the company. Um, so we kind of did, uh, we're doing stuff like teaching Kuei to micro-entrepreneurs on the Fractionist side. And I went back into full-time script writing last year. And I have to say, right, because right now, the only thing people can do is plan. I have never been busier in my life. Really? Yes. Wow. It is very, it's a very strange phenomenon. But, and also because I think your well gets quite empty because, um, you know, like to, to write, you need to go out there and see people and get, get stimulated, Experiences, right? Experiences, yeah. Yeah. And then like, so sometimes I'll be sitting looking at a blank piece of paper, which I know happens to all of us. And I'm just like, oh my God, I really <laughs> don't know what to write. Because, you know, like, you know, it's, it's hard. It's strange because people can't produce. So they are actually just, just churning out content at the moment. They're just churning out. There's so many writers' rooms going on. Writers have never been busier. If you right. find any of your script writing friends, yeah. But it's not very, like, damn this pandemic 
<laughs> it is, it is because when are you going to shoot it? So we're going thinking the moment that they release people, production is going to go nuts. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah. I, I really hope things work out again. But then what has happened with this pandemic, and actually even before that, but uh, podcasts have exploded all over the place. I'm just checking out podcasts here then everywhere. And uh, for you guys, podcasting, two book nerds talking, wasn't about a pandemic thing. It started back in 2018, wasn't it? Yep. So right. h- how did this start? Who's going who's gonna to fill me in on this? It was all Honey's idea. So why don't you take it away, Honey? <laughs> I, I, I kind of like, um, because Diana runs, uh, used to run a book club. So right. we used to have book discussions. And I always felt at the end of a book discussion that I have more things to say. Maybe I just can't shut up about books, which is, you know. So one day I said to Diana, hey, you look like somebody who also wants to talk a lot about books. Do you want to start a book podcast? And then uh, I remember this very clearly. Diana said that, well, I've been reading Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. And I decided I will say yes to everything this year. Right. <laughs> I think was there something was going on in your life I at the time? <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time, only thing I really said yes to. But you <laughs> like, I don't know why. It just hit me right then. I thought, okay, all right. I'm not sure that I'm ready to go on radio and put my word out there. But I don't know. Let's just see where this goes. And I didn't think it was going anywhere with it. <laughs> but what, what? I mean, like at that time, Podcasts were already uh, exploding, but your yeah. book club was were book clubs, and I'm I I'm not I hate saying I'm not a book person because it makes me sound like I I'm one of those guys who burn books and everything. I'm not. I love books. I just read some very boring books. But book clubs are they quite active in Malaysia in general? Um, yeah, you definitely find some. Um, what really started it was I started a, a Facebook group um called the KL Book Appreciation Club, and this started back in 2015. And I think at that time, I probably was the only group on Facebook that really was for talking about books rather than buying or selling because there were other groups that did that. So right. a lot of Malaysians actually came in. Um, and I think, I think because everyone was just saying, I love books all my life. I always wanted to find more people who appreciate books like I do, but I've never been able to find a community. So, you know, from there, it's, it's sort of like um, branched out into discussion groups and, you know, like meetups and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, they, they do exist. Uh, there are some groups that have branched out from me, from um, the KL Book Appreciation Club, and they've actually gone on to be very, very active. And you can find a lot of them, actually. <laughs> there are, how, yeah. how often do, do book clubs meet? Um some meet more often than others maybe once a month usually but um i mean like some people break them down into like books like you know like they have different weeks they would meet for different topics and stuff like that so you know you only attend the one that you want you're interested in that's something you could do i mean like there are many book groups that even there even some that you just gather together in one place and everyone just reads their own book and i suppose now book club still exists but just not then it's just on zoom i suppose nowadays right online All right. So yeah. now the podcast though, honey, were you like, why a podcast? Why walk up to Diana and say, we should do this? What, what was the real purpose of the podcast for you? Um, I, I call it my midlife crisis. <laughs> so basically, um, I think I was doing so much client work at a certain point And I just wanted to do something where I don't have to chat with people mm. on content. So I guess I wanted to do something creative, but just something that I have full control over. 
I'm, I know, I know you know what I mean because you know you have you've had done a lot of client work in the past as yeah. well, right? So sometimes you just feel like, oh my god, you know, I just want to do something that's my own. And because of the fact that you know, I, 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 my company is a media company, so it wasn't hard to find a microphone that I can just borrow. Right. Um, um Diana did our first podcast in a cafe, which was a big mistake. Um, because it was you had all the ambient noise. Remember then, that was right. the point. We were going to pick a different cafe. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what Just do you mean? Like ambience, you know? Right. It must have been a very like happening cafe then. It wasn't. Um, we tried to pick a really quiet one. But yeah, then, we tried, but it was but, too noisy. <laughs> yeah, because you know, like when we were editing, right? Then you will always have like if that's if that's background music, you know, suddenly the background music will skip. But if somebody has a right, noisy right. Tire, it's actually more about the music because they're yeah, okay, the the chill out music that they play in the background, right? Yeah, and of course we didn't have snazzy equipment lah. I just had a little mic, just one mic with a tiny little tripod. Right. And we just sat there and discussed Cersei by Madeline Miller. That was our first book. <laughs> so now, do you guys have snazzy equipment now? Um, uh, maybe snazzier in snazzier studio, <laughs> maybe. But I mean, like we've had to get mics. That's probably about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that at the same time we kind of met the the boys from Renegade Radio hmm. because they wanted to start a hantu podcast at that time. So they wanted to find people who would write hantu stories for them to talk about, you know, like, so they asked Diana whether they could post an advertisement for people to submit hantu stories on the KL back. Right. And then Diana said, oh, podcast, funny, you should say that. So we just started a podcast. At that time, we just did two episodes. But yeah, yeah. these conversations, right? And of course, I'm... <laughs> I'm guessing here, I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I know there are a lot of guys who read a lot of books, but generally most of my friends who are um, uh, like me, I mean, like we're, we're busy with families or whatever, right? I'm guessing that if you have books that are great, we probably don't know about it, mm-hmm. right? And we would love to know about it. So how do you make your conversations about these books that are just amazing like how do you make them like so engaging? Because I love the stuff that you do. How do you how do you pick the books? You know, Diana. I mean, <laughs> first of all, we kind of like. I mean, it takes us a while to find books that we actually like. We do actually have to review a few, you know, like and and sometimes you think that you're gonna be really excited about a book, but then you actually get it and you're like, nah. you know, it kind of disappointed me. Even it really. Was- yeah, I mean, but do you review it still? Because like, so I got this book, and it was like, it's a, it was actually a bit shit. Do you do you say, do you oh, say stuff like that. that? We've done that. Really? <laughs> yeah, and, and also because new books are coming out all the time, and sometimes mm. we don't know who we can get to interview, and we want to be open to that, right? Uh, so it's kind of organic how we do it. So in a way, because both me and Diana we read a lot, and we have genres that we like. So because we wanted our podcast to not just be a genre podcast. Because you, know, you could just do, say, a podcast on fantasy books, right? right. There are plenty of fantasy-based podcasts, fantasy books-based podcasts. Or you can just do something just on nonfiction, right? But we wanted to basically represent a Malaysian reader. So, like, if you are a Malaysian and, uh, and the Malaysian point of view, these are the sort of books that Malaysians read, which is the whole gamut. Lah. That's hmm. why we also still do nonfiction. We uh, do romance. We have done... We, we try to give a variety of, and any language, of, right? I suppose I've, you've done Malay books and you've done English books as well, right? Um, no, it's predominantly English, predominantly English. We have done Indonesian books. Right, right, okay. Uh, but predominant. I mean, it is an English podcast, so right. everything, pretty much all the books are English. 
So the, 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 the requirement is to actually speak to the author directly or do you guys just bring a bunch of people over and then just chat about a book like, like it is a book club? We've done different formats. Um, we started off mostly being just a conversation between Honey and myself, uh, which I think is probably our most popular format, I would say at the moment, right. because you know there is certain things that you can do when you're talking to each other about the book that you can't when you're talking to the author about it, yeah. right? Because I mean, like, you know, you're not going to, like really trash the book right? <laughs> when right. you're talking to the author. Basically, you're just listening to what the author has to say about it. But yeah, I mean, we've branched out. We do a lot more author interviews now. Um, basically, I think because of the pandemic as well, because otherwise it's be, it, it'd be really hard for us to get access to overseas authors. And also right now, it supports great publicity for them anyways, because they can't really do book tours uh, yeah. to promote their books anyway, right? So what do you guys talk about? I mean, like what, what, what gets the, the people going like, oh my God, this is, this is good stuff. Is it when you trash them or is it when it's, it, because ultimately it's, it's to promote reading. So what is it that makes these yeah. conversations between the two of you so engaging? I suppose at the end of the day, um, I suppose because I guess in a way we, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about books, right? So mm. I think chemistry-wise, we, we, we kind of balance each other out. Uh, but also at the end of the day, we always try to answer the question, should you read this book? Right. Which is, you know, which is like, so we might go a little bit, we might segue into various little things. But at the end of the day, we're asking this question, should somebody pick up this book? And this right. is when we give you, so for me, right, a, a good discussion is that you give them the pros and cons, but also you can tell people that, oh, if you're this kind of person, this might be the book for you. Yeah. But if you don't really like this sort of thing, right? So we kind of want at least the show to, to add some value. Lah. You know, it's right. supposed to be entertaining, but also answers your question as a book nerd. Because right. I wanted this question to be answered if I'm a book nerd. Because right? it's, it's about your cup of tea, like, right? I suppose whether you would mm. like this or not. It's kind of like like movie reviews. Some My main issue with some movie review uh, shows and, and whatnot, right? They get very... That's the right word here. Well, okay, for lack of a better word, very atas. You know what I mean? Like, they get very deep in the stuff and I'm like, dude, what? I'm like, I just want to know whether the show is good enough for me to go and watch it or not because I'm going to pay some money to go to a cinema or whatnot, right? It's the same here. And how, I suppose, how atas do you get with the discussions and how, because and from someone like me, I, I kind of just want to know whether I should buy the book and then will I enjoy the book? You know what I mean? How deep do you guys get? Um, we can go really deep. It depends on the deep. book, doesn't it? Yeah, it depends um, on the book. Mm. Yeah, we've had conversations where, you know, like, uh, I'm just going to mention the, the one episode that we actually, like, really trashed the book. Yeah, yeah tell me, tell me. I'll, I'll, I'll go watch it after this. E.L. James is the mister. Um, she's famous for Fifty Shades of Grey. So you right. probably know that one. Um, yeah. And so the mister is her probably least known book I would say and and you know like I didn't want to do this but I had no choice in this matter <laughs> right you got to just exactly but, but, how you felt about that book though right yeah yeah but but, but we, too. No, no no but make sure right even if we're going to trash a book right we're going to tell you why yeah you know because I, I sometimes don't like it when people just just trash something right right uh, I hate it whatever right because I feel at the end of the day we also want it to be a discussion of why this book is not the book for us. Yeah. And, and answering to your question on um, how we, for me, right, I feel if you're just going to listen to people talking, it might be a little bit 
um, it might get a little bit draggy for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So what we try and do is that we try and put excerpts of the book in. Okay. So so basically, sometimes in the middle of the conversation, you will hear a bit of the book. Because again, if I was a person who wants to know whether I want to read the book, I would like to have a sampler of it. I would like to know, okay, how is the prose? Like, you know, like if we're making a comment about, oh, this is how, oh, this character is done really well. Maybe have a little sample of it. So we, we kind of do that. So I try, I guess when I'm editing, I do most of the editing for the, for the podcast. I try to put in little nuggets of stuff. And, and we also try and give you further reading, further recommendations. We have even done book comparisons where we've taken two books and we call them book chasers. So if you read this book back to back, you will get more out of it. So we try to give a bit of variety as well in our shows. Right. As opposed to just a straight up discussion. Yeah. Were there any challenges though? I mean, like when you guys first started this, it was like, honey comes out the diner and say, we should do this because I like books. You like books. We keep talking about books. Let's just start this podcast. But did you go, did you guys go, will people even like listening to this? Did you guys have any doubts about it? I was kind of attracted to the idea that not many people listen because you know, it's like, right. I've it's, never done this. Right, right. <laughs> I don't really know if anyone's going to really like to listen to what I had to say about it. But okay, let's just do it. Let's just try it just for the heck of it. And I don't know how far we've come with it. We've had people come and say that, you know, like they really appreciate our take on it and they like the way that we, you know, our chemistry basically. Um, And I think that's one of the things that we try to do. We try not to make it too serious. We try to make sure, you know, like definitely not, try to make it too literary or anything like that. And also like when we're interviewing, I remember when I think the first author we interviewed was Stash Orr. Um, and, and we actually interviewed him when he, I think he was in France at that time, I think, right? Uh, so again, that was, so there was a lot of firsts for our podcast, even for Renegade Radio, right? Because both, because both me and Diana are kind of gung-ho in a bizarre kind of way that we just, okay lah, let's just do this. So in a way, like Renegade would be like, all right, Let's do it too. So I think it helps that you have gung-ho people on the project that, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? The author gets a bit upset with us, right? And we make it a policy. We would never ever agree to an interview until we've both read the book. Right. So even when people, because now we get people pitching books to us, right? Uh, oh, I'm from here, so-and-so. This is my book, you know? And we always say, yeah, we have to read your book first because we will never agree to an interview without reading. So I think as long as you've read, a person's book, they know that you've read their book. It's like reviewing so that, food. It's like you got to taste the dish first, right? <laughs> exactly. But plenty of book reviews out there, people just read the blurb. They don't necessarily read the whole book. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually, the, it takes a lot. I mean, it takes a lot of commitment to finish a book, right? Yeah. And it's a good thing that both me and Diana are quite fast readers. How fast because, do you guys go through a book? Um, Depends on the book. I, I think maybe between a good book no, a shorter one, maybe it could take, maybe a day is, right. is, is if you know, like an optimistic estimate maybe, but usually maybe three. Have you guys read Harmony Silk Factory? Uh, not that uh, one. That's all, no. Yeah. Uh, I have, I have a long time ago. I, I, I haven't even gone midway through it. It's been years since I've had that book and I'm like, I, I don't know why it's, I'm having trouble going through it. Yet, uh, like stuff like, like this, mm. like Dune, Dune. like, what, like a day I finished it up partly because I'm a sci-fi geek right so it, I, I just kept going it's kind of like uh, binge watching something on Netflix right so I just couldn't stop reading it but what was the longest it's taken you to go through a book oh my god um 
I've had books that um I haven't even finished yet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, do you, books so you guys do like multiple books at one time? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I'm a poly. Across different formats. I mean, like, there, you, you, I, I, if I can't really get into a book, like, I think, I think the last one that had that had me really going hard was um Barack Obama's memoir. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't get into it because it was so wordy. Um, so I had to audiobook it. So I mean, like, there's always those options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's my thing I love audiobooks because partly because I have horrible eyes and after that after a while I get very tired so like especially if you get a really good voice yeah. like Morgan Freeman in the background or Tom Hanks those really really help right so it's, it's nice to know that in your case you guys are professional book readers in a way and reviewers right so that you guys even go to, even get audiobooks and everything so it gives a lot of people hope because we want to get into reading yeah no, you know, I mean, and, and, and audiobook is reading yeah it's still it's still getting the gist it's just knowing the story i don't know why people get so hung up over ebooks mm-hmm. and and normal books over audiobooks it is still reading i feel you know okay. you're still getting you're still getting um you're still getting you're still getting the story yeah, so, that's the whole point, isn't it? You just yeah. want the story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But don't, do you? How do you feel? Okay, and I'm, I'm, um, my producer is going to be very upset about this because I'm, I'm just skewing because this conversation is great. How do you feel about books like, like Lord of the Rings? Let's just say Lord of the Rings, right? And I freaking love Lord of the Rings. And then I had a vision of the Nazgul in my head when I was reading it, and then I. What then Peter Jackson comes and makes an, um, an amazing movie, but he basically fucked. Oh, sorry, uh, pardon my French. He basically messed up uh, my vision of the ring rate for me. So, how do you guys, what do you guys feel about books that have been made into movies? And then, like, uh, yeah, it spoiled the vision for me. Do you ever go that, that far? Okay, I have developed a very healthy, uh, a healthy kind of appreciation that books and adaptation of books to the screen are two different animals. Uh, right. So I, I, I'm not a purist when it comes to it, you know? Of course, but I feel you still need to get, I guess, the, the sort of like the spirit of the book. Right. Because I also feel that uh, movies that follow too closely to a book or a graphic novel sometimes doesn't get there either. You know what I mean? If you're, yeah. too, sl- you're, if, if too slavish to the book, it sometimes just doesn't translate that well on screen. I like authors that say that, you know, my book is my book, but the adaptation of my book is actually the director and the, and the script writer's jurisdiction. You know what I mean? Because it is a completely different, it's a different medium altogether. Yeah. So, so watching I, Stephen King horror movies, it's kind of like, hey, it's almost like that, you know, but yeah. But in saying that, I have, of course, I have been disappointed by some adaptations, I suppose, you know, because I know what you mean, right? You have it in your head and sometimes things should be left to the imagination, right? Because yeah. once it's in front, in front it of changes. you, yeah, you, it's going to be in your head. Like Which is what, right? Diana, because you said audiobooks, right? So it goes back to this with what you said. I have tried audiobooks and then I... I have, uh, and it's Morgan Freeman. I, I can't remember which book I picked up. It was Morgan Freeman that was doing the, the audio book. And it was amazing. It was gripping. It wasn't anything like, it wasn't like a crime novel. And it was just really well read. And then the next time I went and read a book on my own, in my head, and I'm like, yeah, my voice sounds like shit. <laughs> I wish I had Morgan Freeman's voice. So every book I read right now kind of have Morgan Freeman's tone and pacing for everything I do. So it sounds like a, it sounds like a, a documentary in a way. How do you how do you 
get away from that and just get back to the pureness of the book itself. Because when you have a preconceived idea what it should sound like and everything, it ruins it, does it? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I have to say, I have to say, when I started reading, uh, I was started listening to audiobooks. I was like, um, I wasn't. It took me a while to get into it because I think it's a completely different way of thinking. I mean, like it's it probably does use different processes in your brain, right? Just listening and and reading are completely different processes in your brain. Yeah. So I I'd say you definitely need some time to get used to that. But you know, I. I had to try multiple times before I could actually really get into audiobooks. Now I love it. Now I can't imagine, you know, like when I when I find it really hard to get into a book, it's a perfect way for me to really it, it change the way that I see the book because I think when someone expresses it, it makes it easier for you to understand what's going on. That means there are pros and cons to audiobooks. There are pros and cons to physical books because physical books, it really depends on where you need to invest time and effort into a, a book don't you mm, and space if you buy a, i mean i think that's why um for a long time i resisted buying a kindle right for buying an e-reader and then somebody gave it to me for my birthday and now i love it because it's just another way of reading books but it's like, purists would go yeah that's not a real book don't they do that diana i do think somebody gives them a kindle for their birthday you know, I think, I think, I think once you discover that, um, you know, there's so many benefits to eBooks, you get them straight away. You don't have to wait. You know, you can, you can get copies of books that you can't find in Malaysia because, you know, like it's really hard to get a lot of books here. Um, if you want to order, order them online, you can get them from book depository, but it's going to take you like three to four weeks. It's instantaneous gratification, man. If you have an eBook, you know, e-reader and, and I think I think it's just easy because there's a lot of features that you can actually do on a on an e-reader. Like in the Kindle, you can actually highlight stuff and everything, and it keeps all your notes for you. Whereas you if have you to understand a word, you can get straight to yeah, what does this word mean. Yes, exactly. So it makes there's so many benefits to it. I mean, like you want to be purist about it, go ahead. There's still many people who are like that. Um, actually, weirdly, I found that a lot of young people are very anti e-books. <laughs> I don't know why. Really. It's because I think I think it's one of the reasons is because young adult books are so pretty. You just have to see them. You 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 you're seduced into lust for the books by their beauty. You know, so it's basically like Mm. you 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 kind of like you lose all that when you you buy an ebook, right? You can't see the cover. You can't you can sniff it. You can't hold it. You can't show it off. So yeah, Um, but you know, if you want to be a purist, you're just locking yourself out of all these benefits. You know carrying them with you anywhere you go reading it anytime you feel like it just looking searching for a passage oh my god i love that like when i'm ta- talking to somebody about a book and i'm just like oh, there's this passage in it i loved and then i can't find it in the physical book <laughs> going through the pages but you'd find it you by searching through on your kindle so how, how, how do you feel about it though i mean like honey you have a kindle mm-hmm. you have a book which one gives you more pleasure i mean like like i do a lot of reading <laughs> You're gonna laugh about it. I do a lot of reading when I'm in the bathroom, oh, right? Because yeah. it gives me—I don't know why—I just like doing it in there. But which is better for you? Like, do you bring a Kindle in there with you, or do you bring a book in there? I've done both. I don't feel that just because you love something else, the other thing should get jealous about it. I think there's enough room in your heart for both things. <laughs> if you're a book nerd, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and also. 
I'm seduced by pretty books as well. So the, the I find what's good about an e-reader is that you can actually check out a book, you can read it, and if it's uh, certain books like potboilers and crime novels, right, you're not necessarily going to read them again. So you actually don't really need a physical copy of that. Yeah. But if you do like something, you really, really love it, you, uh, a lot of people actually go out and buy the physical book for their shelf. So right. I've done that before. So in a way, it kind of saves the space as well, you know, because it's true. Some books you really don't read again, but yeah. some books you do want to keep because you love it, right? And you might want to, you know, give, give it to someone. Yeah. So, yeah. But so, I, get the, I, I get the, the, it looks so pretty. I want it right now because you're, yeah. For lack of a better term, I suppose you're literally judging a book by its cover. Definitely, there are some pretty books out there. I, I'm definitely in the camp of read it on ebook first. And if you like it, yeah, you get a copy to, to keep. Because you're not, besides, they're always there. And they always come up with different editions and even prettier ones all the time. So. Oh my God, yeah. How many different editions of Lord of the Rings are there out there? I know, right? Yeah, and Harry so, Potter um, and this and that, whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, there were, I mean, if you are a person who who loves covers, you're not going to have any money. <laughs> you're not. You, yep. <laughs> right. Actually, do you guys know the stats at all about like whether, because apparently, according to this survey, Malaysians are one of the highest spenders in the world when it comes to buying books. Are we actually reading those books? Are people just like investing in books? Are there books that appreciate in price because you, it, it's the first edition or whatever it is are, are is it really true that malaysians are reading more now oh wow i mean this is such a disputed thing i think um i kind of feel like there there was a survey done a number of years ago um a rather sketchy statistic i, I believe because it says that um, malaysians on average read 15 books a year which i feel is quite it's not really reflective of what's actually reality out there because, you know, we have a lot of people, we do have a quite um, substantial proportion of the, uh, of the population who does read. But then yeah. I would say a majority of the, Mal of, of the Malaysian population doesn't actually touch a book ever. Nobody really knows the truth about that statistic and they, they haven't actually, no one has ever seen the actual report. So it's always been report of the report and that kind yeah. of thing. Because I'm just wondering about all these uh, Malaysia. At one point, we we were the hub of reading and this and that. But I I sort of go back in time, I suppose. So, uh, what made you fall in love with reading, honey? What was there one particular book? Was it a story that someone told you? I think I think libraries and bookstores were my first babysitter. Right. I think once my mom taught me how to read. She just left me there for hours. <laughs> was there one bookstore or one library in particular? Uh, I would say the Ipoh Library. Tun Raza? Um, yeah. Really? In those days, they, it was actually pretty good. I mean, for a kid, right? For a kid, right? Um, yeah, and, and, and books is one thing that my mother never put a budget on it. And I, I can always tell people whenever I, they ask me this question, I'm like, books actually taught me about a lot of stuff. Mm. You know, um, one book that I brought to boarding school way back where then was Judith, uh, not, not Judith not was Judith Kranz, right. Arctic Manhattan. I think a lot of my friends learn about sex from that book. I suppose I was never censored. Like, it's almost like you can read whatever, as long as you're reading, you can read whatever you want. And I'm sure I read some really inappropriate books when I was younger. <laughs> I think Diana, some books have traumatized her until today because she was like, I should, not, really? I should not be reading this book. <laughs> 
So, so uh, for Honey, she started reading Judith Krantz at what, eight or something? What, what about you, Diana? Yeah. What, what got you going in the first place? Oh, I mean, like the first book I really remember um, really well was, I, I think it was a really big book of fairy tales that I think my mother bought from me off um, one of those floating ship bookstores. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think I think that was I, I I can't remember what happened to those to those stories, but I probably read that book until it fell apart because I just loved that whole collection of fairy tales. Um, but yeah, like Honey says, you know, like sometimes you come across some really inappropriate stuff because you, you just don't know. It's just like anything that's available that that that's you know like you're supposed that is words on a page you're just gonna read it. And sometimes, yeah, I was like, I think one of the things that traumatized me was probably um, like ghost stories and stuff like that. I think- um, Was it Amityville Horror? Yes, Amityville Horror. Really? Okay, okay. I read that probably was maybe about 10. Mm-mm. Yeah, so you can imagine, you know, like definitely not the age she's supposed to read that. Anymore. But you know what? You, you, you guys are probably the product of all these years of reading and you would have turned out to be very different individuals had you not gotten into or if you you wanted to read but like in Honey's case she, she never made it to Tun Razak Library in Ipoh whatever it is all right but reading opens up your minds and it, it makes you want to one it just makes you want to hoover up even more information I, I I always feel right so if you were to give uh your two cents worth on this why should we read mm. and also why in some cases why aren't we reading enough okay there's one word, very succinct answer to that question it's because dinosaurs didn't read and therefore that's why they're extinct wow wow <laughs> sorry a little bookish humor for you okay. but yeah i mean like <laughs> okay, <stop. laughs> okay, do you I, agree I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you should read, right? But I think my favorite reason for why I read is because I feel that reading helps me feel that I'm not so alone. I, I feel like I get a connection to, to people who have written these stories. I feel, I feel the, you know, like whatever inner turmoil, angst that I have is understood by someone else, has been gone through by somebody else. And kind of like, because, you know, like, we're just these beings that walk around. We basically, we're basically inside our own heads all the time. You know, like, we, we're constantly looking for this connection with another person. And I think the really the best way to find that is to have stepped in the shoes of somebody else by reading what they wrote. And right. I think that one thing that you really, really can't find in many other mediums. So basically getting a peek into the person's inner workings of his mind. And then you're like, hey, he's, he's feeling the same way. I feel as well. Okay. Honey, what about you? Okay. Like I said, reading for me has been, um, like it has given me knowledge that probably adults would not give to me. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Right. Secondly, I've actually, I am a believer. I think people who read kind of slightly believes in magic. I don't know how to explain this, but I'm a believer that sometimes the right book finds you at the right time of your life. And I think this is why perhaps there are certain books that you start reading and then you feel that you can't finish it. It's either that maybe it doesn't resonate with you or maybe you are not reading the book at the right time of your life. Right. And, and when that happens, it is amazing. It, like, it really, as Diana says, it really makes you feel less alone in the world. And that has happened to me 
so many times when I was going through grief, right? Um, I I actually found books that have comforted me. So I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, I love people, and I, and people have been. I mean, I've got great friends. I've got a great family. But somehow, books is just that additional support that sometimes you get, and you get unexpectedly as well. And you know, it's a very kind of giving kind of hobby. I feel because right. you get so much from from books. So I don't know whether that kind of explains. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm. I'm wondering why some people don't read. Is it is has social media uh, come into play so much that people just forgot about reading books and they just check it out on videos on TikTok and everything nowadays? Is that is that one of the reasons why people aren't reading much anymore? I think it's how you you get into reading. I think a lot of us who actually are big readers, maybe at some point in our lives, we had adults actually read to us. We have actually, um, we, I, you know, reading is storytelling, right? So like telling a story to somebody, I think is one of the most basic human, people do that, right? It's like, even before there was written the written word, people sat around a campfire and told each other stories, right? Mm. So I feel that maybe when they were kind of growing up, perhaps maybe they did not necessarily come from a household that reads. So you need to discover reading on your own. And sometimes They'll, they'll get into reading with the wrong kind of books. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why certain people only read, read nonfiction because to them, books is schoolwork, is school, right? right? So I think if you don't actually somehow get exposed to it, that reading can be pleasurable or reading, as you say, you, you, you might pick up Dune and then that made a reader out of you. Yeah. So maybe not everybody is as lucky as perhaps me and Diana who had families who love reading, who had libraries that we can go to, who maybe picked up the right book at the right time. And it's never too late, you know, JD. It's never too late to actually get into it. Right. <laughs> Maybe find the right book at the right time in your life. <laughs> no, but reading though. Yeah. Does it have to be books or if someone likes reading magazines, is that a different level or like, uh, because there are some people who say, no, no, no. You know, that's a different kind of reading. You want to be a proper reader. You have to read novels and this and that, whatever it is. What do you think people read magazines all the time? Nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't, I mean, definitely, the, you know, the, everyone gets different things out of it. You get some really good, really in-depth analysis in magazine articles. I mean, like there are short stories that, you know, you don't have to read that much, but they have so much to say, yeah. right? So, I mean, there's no reason that um, some people, if they're really being purist, even like graphic novels aren't even, isn't even reading, but, you know, like you can get a lot of them out of them as well. I really feel that a lot of people don't pick up books because they just don't surround themselves with enough ideas about books or they don't you know they don't they're not in places that talk about books or they're not around people who read so maybe that's something that you should try to do like there's bookster grammars um you know on instagram who talk about books all the time and if you let me maybe just start following a few you pick up some ideas about books that sound really interesting to you right? Yeah. So something like that. Um, I mean, I think another thing that people really do that makes it really hard to get into reading is that they feel like they have to read the whole book. Oh, yes. And yeah. A really, really it, important it feels thing. daunting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like you kind of feel like you, I, if I haven't read, the, if I had to take this thing and I had to be committed to reading three to 500 pages, that is just like, it looks like such hard work. But I mean, like, I liken it to someone who, like, goes on Netflix and picks up a show 
And then suddenly, just because you've watched one episode of Lost, you have to read, you have to watch the entire thing. There's yeah. no such thing. No yeah. one says you ever have to do that on, on TV. But that's not what people feel about But books. if you do feel like you're going to get sucked into it and you're going to watch the entire box set, that's completely up to you. Lah. But it's yeah. your, you just follow your own pace, lah, basically, right? And also, yeah, I think, I think maybe- it's okay to stop. Mm. Also, I think maybe people also sometimes think that they have to read the classics. You know, mm. like, oh my God, yeah. I have to read War and Peace. And yeah. you know, the beauty about living in today's world is that... I tried to, by the way. I cannot but, work. But, but, I'm but like, you know, what the fuck? I'm like, no. but, but you know, like, I think now, I think at least we live in times now when the diversity of writing, the diversity, you know, like, there's so many different voices now that you have access to. Like before, yeah. I, I was saying, Diana, we were learning literature is basically dead white men. That's what you're studying, Right? And yeah. that really is one point of view in, in some ways, even if they have a variety of different stories, right? Mm. So today, I feel that there's so many different ways to get into reading, so many alternatives, so many like novellas you can read. And, and, and I think some people also feel that their genre is not serious enough, like speculative fiction, like sci-fi or romance, mm. you know? Yes, even between book readers, there's elitism. There's also, I mean, it's, it's very exclusive in some cases, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and I think it's in any hobby, any hobby that, that people get very passionate about. You know, there are always going to be purists. There are always people going like, that's not canon, you know? So I feel that don't worry about what people are telling you what you should read. Mm. Like, I love graphic novels, you know? And, and I've had people asking me, is graphic novels, as Diana was saying, is graphic novels considered reading? Because it's literally a picture book for adults. I'm like, yes, it's reading. You know, like, why can't you enjoy it? So I think people should not give themselves such a hard time. Yeah. They shouldn't feel guilty about the books that they like to read, <laughs> you know, and they shouldn't read just because they feel everybody else is reading it. And, and I think that's what makes reading, that's why people feel reading is such a chore. If it has to yeah. be a certain thing that you have to do. Yeah. So right? basically what, just encourage your kids to just go to a bookstore, pick up a book and start whatever yep. looks good to you, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just kids. I think anybody should should just mm, go there, mm. go to Kirakuniya, and then like just walk around and whatever just mm. appeals to you, right? Yeah. And just because one book doesn't speak to you doesn't mean that you're never gonna find a book that speaks to you, you know. And Diana's yeah. right. If you finish, if you read a couple of chapters of a book and you realize not for me, it's okay. You don't have to finish it. <laughs> yeah. You can always come back to it, I suppose, right? Yeah. Now, or you can give it to somebody who might actually like the book. Exactly. More. Yeah. No, that's another group i suppose and i hate um putting everything into a box right but then that's always about like if you want to read uh and if you're from malaysia if you're from whatever it is you always have to support your local authors you always have to buy local uh novels and local books and whatnot how how are local authors doing do you like reading books from from local authors yeah i mean there's more now yeah that's that's what i said now there's more there's more diversity. I mean, like me, 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 me and Diana always have this bit of a joke when we're, when we're reading something in this region, right? We call it, there are certain Asian lit category, which we call Asian pain. Because Asian always, what? Asian pain. Why? <laughs> because they're always really serious. So like, at one point, when you're reading a book that is set in China, it's always about the Cultural Revolution. Right. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying here, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's a lot of like Malaysian books, I guess, that has to have some Japanese occupation somewhere there or, you know, and it's a how we make sense of history, and then, right? I think it was on Astro, they, they, they made it into a movie and it was about the Japanese occupation as well. Yeah, so it's like, it's very deep, but if you want to get like the awards and everything, it has to be full of drama and full of history and sadness and comfort women. And I'm like, 
right? Yeah. Yeah, but I feel that yes, it's good that people are writing this this kind of books because you know you don't learn them in history books. You know our history books are very selective, right? Right, right, right. Okay, okay, right. But but that cannot be the only thing, lah. Right. I mean, for a very long time, the only real Asian book that everybody knew was Joy Light Club. I mean, that's true. And in a way, guys, it's kind of like a bit Asian pain as well. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like mothers like being disappointed with daughters, and you know that kind of like immigrant kind of story, right? Now, that's why I'm saying the good news now is that we have so much more diversity. So we have authors that write for the sheer fun. You know, like we have we have local authors that are writing graphic novels, that are writing stories that are more contemporary, that doesn't need to do Asian pain. I know it's such a bad category. I know, but readers well, true. know. What, true. Readers know what I mean. <laughs> But Diana, what what are you reading? I mean, who are you? This is the right term to use. Who are you reading? Who's local? One book that I had had to recommend to you because because you know you you were asking for book recommendations. I think I think um one book that we recently really liked was um Sufyan Hakim's Keepers of Stories, which I think is a very good example of a book that is celebrating Asian culture, but not necessarily you know like Asian trauma. Um, it's a really interesting book in many ways because um. It's it's so it's a book that's so compassionate and it's it, it's multi multicultural. It's all about the history of Singapore and how it was developed and and also um, it, it ties together all the histories of the all the all the uh, different races and stuff like that. So it right. has stories from um, Chinese mythology, from the Indian Indian experience, and it even has this completely hilarious take on the Bujang Lapok story, which I think everybody has to read because it's just, you know, it's just amazing. I think I think that would be something that if, if you're not sure that you want to read and you just want to be entertained and you just want to try something out, um, yeah, that's a good book to start with. So that's one, you know, I think that's one author to look, look out for because he writes really quite um, entertaining and, and I, I don't know, and I don't know many people who are right like like he does because he's he's got this irreverence and he's got this certain um he even though it's irreverent he's trying very much to really highlight how much he loves his country and right. I think I think right. that's that's a very hard kind of um, line to tell and mm. he does it really well. I would say like Zancho's Blackwater Sister, her latest book, is pretty cool. You know, Blackwater okay. Sister because I hitam, so it's set in Penang. Oh right, right, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's about like basically the cult of spiritualists, mm. and this girl that comes back after living in America with her parents, she's gay, she doesn't really quite know how to tell her parents she's gay, mm. and and she gets caught up in her grandmother, so her grandmother comes to haunt her because the grandmother has unfinished business, so it's got a lot of supernatural creepiness in it, but it kind of right. also has a lot of love for Penang and the culture. And you know, like just like nosy aunties, you know, things that you know that is part of your culture. And you know, and that was fun as well. And and I think legitly, I would like to see that on film because there's some legitly creepy moments in that. There, there are good, really good local authors and everything. So I suppose uh, it, it's just about us not knowing because it's it's much like how sometimes when it comes to music, it's always like oh, I'd rather listen to an American artist than a local artist, but then they're just as good. But then you write about the Asian pain, like music last time, it was a uh, rock, <laughs> Malay rock, it would be like some Jiwang rock and everything. But nowadays, we have Yuna, 
who's gone over and it's great music anyway. So I suppose it's just a sign of the times that even our literature is changing and there's mm. some good stuff. I'm definitely going to check out this. Uh, oh, so not Aitam. Sorry, what was it? Just not Blackwater. What? Blackwater Sister. I'm going to I'm going to go check it out, man. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah. You know what? Just chatting with you guys right now, I, I'm already very, very interested to just get into uh, the habit of reading again. And we'd just love to know what books are you reading right now? Or if you one one book, the current one that you're reading, that you think we should all just kind of get into. Oh dear. Um. Wow. I can tell you what I'm reading right now. One one of the books. One of the books I'm reading right now is a new translation of Beowulf. Really. And it's uh, it's a uh, it's by a woman, so it actually has a little bit of a feminist side to it, a little bit, but it also has a lot of street language. So she puts words like bro in it. But it is... wolf with the word bro in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she Not explains why. Yeah, and her and it is amazing. I mean, it's of course it's it's in verse, right? It's poetry, right? But I I love the um the one by Seamus Heaney. So. This one was kind of cool because she says that okay, Grendel, you know, you have the the the, the yeah, thing that yeah. Beowulf kills, right? Yeah. But she also has more on Grendel's mom because she says that Grendel's mother, like every hero and every villain had a mother, right? right? And what what is the origin story of that? But honestly, I only got to the part of the book where it's still a lot of macho stuff. It's right. a very jantan book. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay, so jantans, go pick it up. Yeah, I mean, like, even if you don't like poetry, it's just so epic to kind of read it. And it's got all that kind of, like, chest-thumping, right, you know, right. like, I'm going to kill this monster. It's, like, really cool. <laughs> okay, Diana, what about you? I The book that I'm currently... Um, actually, I'm listening to this on audiobook. Um, it's called The House on the Cerulean Sea um, okay. t- by TJ Klune. And I think uh, it, Honey actually recommended this, and I've been meaning to get to it, but, you know, like, so many books so little time right but yeah it's a really cute book um kind of like a children's book i think but it's you know like it's it's the times i think you kind of need need something that's sweet and sentimental and also very comforting at the same time i mean like the, the way it's told as well you know he does the voices he does he does the um you know he he, he emotes it and it's really right. good I, I mean like if it'll you, be different if morgan freeman does it though isn't it yeah. I'm still on kind of like- You have to listen to Richard Armitage. Richard Armitage does really yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, and he has done Georgette Heyer books. He has done romance books. And should, he does yeah. the voices. is amazing. Oh my God, I should get into this uh, voiceover work for books and everything. Right? Yes, okay, you okay. totally uh, should, JD. I should, because <laughs> this is what I do, right? But if there's... Is it... Okay, from a from a pure and I hate using the word purist again. From someone who does it, uh, who who loves books, right? Do you ever go back and because uh, honey, you said there are some books like cr- crime books. You generally read it once because you want to have the suspense and then the surprise and who done it and everything, right? You only read it once. Are there books that you guys always constantly go back to over and over again, and you read it, and every time you read it, you, you get something else out of it? I probably. I, I mean, like, I recommend this book to a lot of people. And I like... Oh, I'm, I know exactly like, what she's like going to say. Fresh <laughs> <laughs> honey. <laughs> so my favorite book of all time is um, is a little book called um, Toto-chan, The Little Girl at the Window. It's by this Japanese author called Tetsuko Kuruyanagi. And um, yeah, it's, it's actually... 
it's actually the memoirs. She's a, she's a UNHCR ambassador and it's her memoirs of when she was a child growing up in wartime Japan. And contrary to what that sounds like, it's not an Asian pain book. It's actually a book that celebrates the simple joys of childhood, you know, like the small quotidian experiences that have such profound experiences about our life, you know, like, um, and yeah, and, and I think I, I recommend this because, you know, it's, it's a, a book that children can read. I first read it when I was eight. Um, you know, children can read it, parents can enjoy it and really get a lot out of um, what it really means to give a good education to a child and what, mm. what the value of education is. And educators, basically, I think educators get a lot of out of it as well. But honey, you don't reread, right? I but, don't uh, really reread. Was there any one book that kind of changed your life? Um, yeah. There are a couple of books that, I mean, I would say I would recommend I, I Captured the Castle if you're looking for like a young adult kind of book by Dodie mm. Smith because it, it, it's, it was one of those recent reads that I think I might go back to. Because it's just basically about a girl who lives in a castle because her father is a writer that actually decided to buy a castle. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like coming of age, you know. Right. So if you like kind of coming of age kind of stories, that's that's kind of nice. Um, I think a recent one that both me and Diana like is How Do You Live, another Japanese book. So How Do You Live again is a book about growing up in Japan, but growing up in the 1930s. It just right. got translated. It's going to be a Miyazaki film. Nice. Um, and, and in between the story of the main guy, the, the main kid, uh, a 15-year-old boy and his friends, you actually have life lessons in between it. So his uncle actually gives him life lessons. So you actually learn quite a lot of stuff about Napoleon and you learn stuff about, you know, um, Buddhist statues. <laughs> so I think wow. Japan has some really cool books. I was just thinking about that because you both picked uh, Japanese books. Is there something about Japanese books that has a certain theme to it, I suppose? I don't know. We both like Japanese books, don't we? Kind of. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna plug one Q84. What? Yeah. Oh, Murakami. <laughs> you know, like if you're gonna ask me what book changed my life, I was like, I have a lot, but the first one that came to mind was um, Haruki Murakami's One Q84, which was the book that kind of like because I was looking for um, meaning of this book. That's mm. why that kind of like it kind of galvanized me to go and do my masters in. Mm. English right book, right time. So yeah, so, so it kind of like I guess that changed my life. Yeah. Nice. Okay, you guys read a lot. Any plans <laughs> to write a book together? Wow. Maybe. I have been trying to get Diana to write a cookbook with me. Read okay. And I want to right up your alley. It, okay. And I want to call it Two Book Next Cooking. And it, and automatically because I mean we do this right. I, I see like a a. a series coming on like a documentary or whatever it is about you guys cooking together but is that something that you guys are consciously thinking of uh i i kind of revisit this idea ever so often and diana will be like "Uh, i'm pretty sure diana has a couple of books in her um I'm constantly writing. I guess I, I'm, I'm script writing at the moment, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I'm constantly, uh, I would love to write uh, some children's books. I wanted to do a series of children's books on Kueh because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, since I do, uh, I've done a project on Kueh, right? Yeah, so I wanted to do like, a, you know, like you know, the Mr. Man series where you kind of, you know, I wanted to do yeah, like yeah. a series of kind of like little picture books on different Kuehs and what they get up to. <laughs> but I don't know. 
there's so many things to do at the moment. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Honey's um, cooking cookbooks idea is something that kind of terrifies me because, you know, like it's, it's kind of like bearing your soul a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, like that's probably why I've, I've been working on and off over the years of, on something to do with uh, like some Chinese mythology kind of thing. It's um, kind of a riff on like um, the snake spirit story but yeah it's not something that i really yeah right that, it, but it's i don't want to put too much out there because i keep changing it mm. <laughs> i don't know where it goes so but think of the other because you've been affected by these books because you said you don't feel as alone anymore when you read books right so maybe it will help someone else so maybe you should do this thing with, with honey because i Honey, once she has an idea in her head, she's going to go, go ahead with it. You know that, right? I, I, unfortunately, Diana has discovered this, I think. So she sometimes, <laughs> sometimes she's like, mm, should I say yes to Honey? Because I don't know where this would lead me. Yeah. Because here we are three years later still doing a podcast. Yeah, she, she <laughs> won't let up, man. So, okay, actually on this podcast, right? Since uh, you, you mentioned that you guys have been doing it for three years. So what's, what's the plan for the future? What's immediate future? We're actually working um, on a couple of projects right now. Um, one of them is together with um, Empower, uh, which is an organization that helps, you know, like um, underprivileged women. And it, it's, it's well, the, this project that we're doing with Empower is to tell stories about women from marginalized communities. So, yeah. <laughs> basically, basically, we wanted to give them a different way so uh, of people getting to know the issues. Because, you know, sometimes when you talk about issues that are very serious, people might just shut off. So mm. we wanted to put something fictional, like a narrative structure, right? So we wanted to do audio stories where you actually listen to an interesting story. And, oh, the character just happens to be chance, you know, as opposed to that being their only identity. Right, right. I see. Yeah. So it doesn't start off with yeah. trans and then this is the story. It's just a, it's a great story. And by the way, it's whatever, yeah, something whatever. like that. Yeah, because right. unfortunately, when you are part of certain communities, that is what defines you. And you know that that's not true, right? Yeah. And then after that, we just wanted. So we thought it might be kind of interesting to do. So we also love to do things like try and find different ways to actually like make our podcast interesting for us as well. Because I feel that it has to be fun. It has to, it has to be fresh for us as well. Yeah. Keep ongoing. Or else you just end up getting bored of doing the same thing over and over again. Correct, yeah. yeah. You want to challenge yourself as well, isn't it? Mm. We always do this with all our guests and we just generally want to know because the whole point of the Jantan Collective, the whole point of this is for all Jantans to be better versions of themselves. I'm going to go question by question and I would love to have answers from you guys. So let's start with uh, Diana on this. Uh, from, a, from an angle of a book nerd, any advice for Jantans out there? I, I know that some men have started to pick up romance novels because it gives them an in to the psyche of women and if you can understand what women find sexy and interesting and romantic you probably find that you know you can probably make them a lot happier with you i think every jantan should probably know how to cook one great meal for the woman that they love that's a really word i mean ladies really like a guy who cooks her huh? yeah it doesn't have to be terrible just one. If you can make really good scrambled eggs, sometimes just making a good cheese sandwich, a grilled cheese sandwich is good enough to get to a girl's heart. <laughs> nice. So what does that make me? Because I, I make like a really good I am going gajus. Oh, 
Well, there you are the next level jantan already. Lah. <laughs> yeah, this, this advice is not for you, lah, my friend. Right. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest challenge facing jantans today? I think they need to rethink what it means to be a good man. And if you don't know why you need to rethink why you need to be a good man, you should probably read Adam Grant's again. <laughs> a new episode that we just came out with this week. Uh, think again, Adam Grant. Okay, we will. We should get that book. Okay. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing Jantan today, honey? I think sometimes it's, it's hard. I think I sometimes feel kind of bad for my Jantan friends because sometimes it's a bit of a minefield to navigate today, right? Because you don't know whether you're going to offend people. You don't know what's going on, right? I mean, I think I was listening to one of your shows where you're talking about toxic masculinity, how to get out of those kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I feel that the answer, if you read a bit more, maybe the answers can be found in books. <laughs> think again, Adam Grant. All right, okay, cool. <laughs> so, Diana, what should Jantans do better? Mm, ties in a little bit to what Hani said, I think. Um, I think you should allow yourself to be human too. Um, I think too many men feel they have to be kind of a superhero kind of person. Like they, they're not allowed to show emotions or like, you know, like they can't show that they've made mistakes. I think if you're kinder to yourself, you probably find you're able to relax more and be more fun to be around. Honey? Um, I think I think sometimes, you know, like um, my friend has asked me this before. One of my friends got married recently and she said, what, what, what advice do you have? And I said, sometimes it's just a matter of just asking your partner what they want. I think there's too many people operate on assumptions. So maybe sometimes if you don't know what's bothering the woman in your life or the people in your life, you can you should just ask them. Because I think sometimes men don't want to ask. They just want to give positive reformation, but they don't really quite know how to ask for help or ask what's wrong with something. Maybe. Next one. Uh, uh, Diana, what's the best thing about jantans? I think, you know, that... I don't know. I mean, like the only thing I could really think of was like, that they have the capacity to really tr- believe in themselves. And I think that's something that women don't really know how to do. Like, um, I think men don't have this burden of expectation that people have on women. Um, they're able to be what they want to be, you know, like they're freer. And I think, yeah, that's, that's one thing that I wish that we could have. <laughs> Honey. I like the fact that you can fight about something and then go to a bar and have a beer. <laughs> I always admire that about men because, you know, like you don't, you're less passive aggressive sometimes. You know, that you're less like, you know, like you don't keep things too much. You're just like Completely punch each other out, go to the bar, have a beer. I like that. Men are, we only have RAM. We don't have ROM. It's just very <laughs> random access. And after that, boom, we forget about it. We move on. Okay, cool. Interesting. I like that. Very interesting insight into that. You know what? Thank you guys so much for doing this because I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to bring you guys back again when you actually do that big project. And then we're going to talk about uh, that even more. But this was a great start because I think people just need to start reading more because it's very important. And then it's also a little bit of a escape from... Because if you watch TV, all you're going to watch is news and it's going to talk about what's going on out there anyway. I think we just need an escape from all this, right? So oh. ladies, thank you so much for a little us. spark to get us to read. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, but like I said, don't feel compelled to do it just because you feel you need to do it. Do it mm-hmm. because, you know, and you will find 
everybody can always find something that they like to read. I think. Or just, just keep an open mind. Just yeah. come and listen to our podcast, and maybe we'll we'll kind of convince you to pick up a book because yeah. we're <laughs> so interesting, and you just definitely you just can't help, you just can't wait, you just have That's to go true, out. Man. <laughs> we've got we've got the link in the details uh, in uh, in uh, down here. So click on that link it will take you directly to the podcast but uh ladies thank you so much good, good. thank you jd thanks for having thank us you.